Springfield's Talk 104.1. A good Monday morning, everyone. Uh, hope you're ready for a great week. I hope you have a great week. I hope we all have a great week. Elon Musk releasing details on how Twitter censored the Hunter Biden laptop story and Trump's response is sort of stealing the show here. And this is the usual circumstance where... He, he, he says something that I think reasonable people can definitely take issue with and, and demand, request, demand, clarificate. Like, exact, what's the context here? What, what exactly do you mean when you say this? And it is, it is presented as something much, much, much bigger. Now, I don't say that suggesting what he has said is reasonable but he he made comments regarding the massive fraud of, of this type and noted that when this sort of thing happens a massive fraud of this type and magnitude allows for the termination of all rules regulations and articles even those found in the constitution regarding elections and this has been turned into trump calls for doing away with the Constitution. Now, these are two separate things. Uh, It it, it is pretty amazing to watch the party that beats us over the head with claims that, well, the First Amendment's not absolute, and the Second Amendment's not absolute, and this amendment's not absolute, and, and, oh, all of the the constitutional components regarding our elections and state state legislatures being in charge, that should be ignored. Uh, The party that is constantly picking apart our Constitution and telling us what parts don't matter any longer, Telling us that these parts aren't absolute, that, well, it doesn't really mean what it says, and, and, and all sorts of false claims that come from people like Joe Biden regarding, uh, well, you couldn't buy a cannon during, well, uh, yeah, you could buy a cannon back, you know, <laughs> during the founding of the country. Not to mention the claims that our Constitution was built in slavery and and it's all about white privilege and many, even elected Democrats, arguing that that's the reason that ultimately the Constitution be in, in, invalidated. Oh, but now, I mean, they are just all so bound to our Constitution. I mean, you listen to They just can't believe that anyone would question our Constitution. I, the danger of somebody saying that there are certain parts of our Constitution that should be tossed aside in the context of a, of a corrupt election. I mean, how many times are we told, almost on a daily basis, that we should dismiss the Second Amendment? We should, you know, the First Amendment's no longer free speech. Well, I mean, hate speech doesn't count as free speech. These people are constantly telling us why there are parts of the Constitution that we should toss aside and ignore, and now they're just in some sort of outrage by this. It's pretty profound to watch it, and it, 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 you've got two separate situations here. You've got what Trump has said, and let's look at that. Let's evaluate that. Uh, and then you have this reaction to it that is just so absurd for the left 
to now act as if they care more about this document founded in white privilege and slavery and and is responsible for the unnecessary killing of so many people because of the Second Amendment and how wildly uh, reckless that is. And and as a civilized society, we should get rid of it. And I, I mean, just on and on and on. And now, though, oh, well, <laughs> George Stephanopoulos pressing Republican Ohio Representative Dave Joyce on whether or not he'll still support Donald Trump. And I mean, it's just astounding that uh, that, you know, Trump would call for suspending the Constitution, which, again, is not what he called for. This is one of the problems that we have. In our society, is you have an individual, former president of the United States, who makes a statement that I think definitely needs some discussion and evaluation and, like I said, explanation. But we can't even do that because this is a situation where immediately they want to take what he said, make it into something else that he said, and then act like they just are beside themselves that any American would say such a thing. Can we not just have a reasonable, intelligent, adult-like discussion about what was actually said and then what is the thought that we as individual Americans have about this and, and so forth now? In that context, I do believe Trump is, I got to tell you, this is the sort of thing that when, when, you're, when you take the segment of the population that is most adamant about the Constitution, and, and that I, I think arguably is Trump's base. Most of the people who support Trump are all about the Constitution. It becomes very, very difficult for a lot of those people to have the individual that they support out there talking about, even if it's just in the context of a stolen election, ignoring or dismissing or doing away with certain parts of the Constitution, Uh, because that is a very, very, very important document to a significant portion of the population that also happens to be a Trump supporter base. And so of all the people that you probably don't want to alienate, it's those who have a a great reverence for the Constitution. Uh, Getting uh, messages on the American Transmissions talk and text line that the, just so for traffic purposes, um... The Burger King on 14 in Ozark is on fire and uh, has been for a bit of time now with uh, crews on scene. So, again, if that's part of your commute, you may want to uh, think about alternative routes. Or, of course, some of you will definitely want to drive by as normal. Springfield's Talk 104.1. We've got Jason Rima with the latest news update. A crash Saturday afternoon near Glenstone and I-44 in Springfield leaves a woman from Marshfield dead. Police say 57-year-old Rita Deckard was turning onto eastbound I-44 when her car was hit when she was hit by a car. Speed is a factor in that crash, but police say impairment is not. The woman charged with kidnapping a pregnant woman from Arkansas has pleaded not guilty in federal court. Amber Waterman is charged with abducting Ashley Bush and shooting her to death. Federal prosecutors say Waterman planned to claim the woman's child as her own. 
Her husband, Jamie, is charged as an accessory. Bush and her baby were found in different locations in McDonald County. And a 62-year-old man has admitted he cashed his mother's Social Security checks for 26 years after she died. Reginald Bagley from Delwood, Missouri, pleaded guilty to stealing money belonging to the U.S. The U.S. Attorney's Office in eastern Missouri says Bagley did not report his mother's death in March of 1994. He set up a bank account in 1998 to directly deposit her benefits, and the bank statements went to Bagley's home. I'm Jason Rima. You're listening to Springfield's Talk 104.1. And the first alert forecast, cloudy patchy fog this morning, a high today of 54. Slight chance of rain, 47 tonight. Uh, cloudy with a slight chance of rain tomorrow morning, 58. A 50% chance of rain, high of 56 on Wednesday. In fact, it looks like we're, we, we've got a lot of rain our way, or at least a chance to have uh, rain uh, for quite some time, several days into the field. Let's see, that's Wednesday. I got Thursday rain, uh, mostly cloudy Friday, but chance for rain Saturday and Sunday again. So could have a week, uh, a wet week ahead of us. You're listening to Nick Reed in the morning on Springfield's Talk 1041. Hey, one custom car care, all of your car care needs, friends. That's right, winter time. We're going to get this rain. Fortunately, the overnight lows don't appear at this point for the next week uh, as if they are going to drop below freezing. But those days will come, and handling your vehicle is very, very important. Now, you hit ice, ice is ice, and no matter what sort of tires balance, uh, wheel drive you have to some degree, that ice is slick. But it's that recovery period once you get off that and you are able to get traction. Uh, are you going to be prepped enough? You're going to have that routine maintenance up to date enough on that handling to where you are able to recover successfully as opposed to going off in the ditch. Nobody wants to do that. So you can't always prevent it, but you can sometimes uh, diminish the likelihood that that skidding, that sliding is going to turn into something more major. All your routine maintenance at A1 Custom Car Care. So you've got uh, Musk planning on releasing even more details on how Twitter censored the Hunter Biden laptop story. And on one hand, this isn't a surprise to any of us. I mean, it was just so I, – I suppose this is the making of the sausage. We knew the sausage was made, right? Outside of people who uh, live inside their cozy little left-wing bubble and only watch mainstream media outlets to get their news, uh, we all knew what was going on with this situation, and that was a coordinated effort by the powers that be and those in government, of course, and social media and media in order to carry out an East German, Soviet Union-style, communist-Chinese-style censorship effort, and they were largely successful in doing so. And arguably, according to uh, at least one study, it was successful enough to hand Biden the election. What Musk is doing in terms of the sausage factory itself isn't anything that's a surprise, but we get to see behind the scenes and how the sausage was made. So Matt Taibbi, the contributing editor at Rolling Stone, released what Elon Musk has referred to as the Twitter files. This was Friday afternoon detailing how the social media platform suppressed specifically the New York Post story regarding a laptop belonging to Hunter Biden. And the story revealed an email, which was verified soon after by Daily Caller News Foundation, that connected Biden with an executive at the Ukrainian gas company, Burisma, 
uh, with the executive uh, thanking the president's son for, quote, giving me an opportunity to meet your father. All of these things that Biden has denied that we all knew just made no sense whatsoever. And that was the claim that there, there was this total, complete wall of separation between what Hunter Biden was doing and what Joe Biden was doing. And Joe Biden still to this day claims, despite all of the emails <laughs> and, and, and people involved who have come forward and said, yes, there were plenty of communication. I mean, this is a family syndicate. This is what they do. This is this is how the Biden family makes their money. Because you think about it for a moment. How else do how else would they make their money? I, I, I mean, it's not as if Joe Biden is is an Elon Musk or a Donald Trump who has been out in the private sector and done something that created jobs, that developed some sort of revenue base and and then created wealth. He's, He's done nothing like that. The guy has lived off taxpayers his his entire adult life. And then his son, of course, it is beyond any sort of reason that this guy, Hunter Biden, who wasn't he? He's just an American guy gets a position on an energy board in Ukraine with absolutely no background in energy. And it's not like he's a Ukrainian. You know, it doesn't speak the language. It's it's obvious to anyone, even if you leave political parties aside, that it was purchasing influence. And it worked. Biden bragged about the fact that he threatened to withhold billion plus dollars if they did not fire the country's top prosecutor who was looking into that company. And they did it. And he joked about it openly. I mean, so it's so obvious to people who have their eyes open. But this is, it's email proof, I suppose, the conversations back and forth. There is a degree of validation here. But on the other hand, it's the sort of thing that people who have decided they are in the Democrat cult. They won't. It makes no difference to them. The people who swore up and down it was a conspiracy theory. The people who swore up and down that it was just Fox News uh, uh, trying to uh, sully up Biden and the Biden family. Uh, those uh, you know on the left who claim that it was like a, a Russian misinformation campaign. They'll all. It, it, it doesn't matter to them. The truth is irrelevant to them. There's no apology. There's no, oh, gosh, I guess we were wrong. And all that will come of this is if they are forced to acknowledge it, it will simply explain why it's not that big of a deal. That, that, that's the approach. Why it really doesn't matter. And what we saw and what has been revealed by Musk here is that you had this effort from the top down, largely this individual... Um, by the name, uh, let's see, Joe uh, 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 Vyaja Gotti, Vyaja Gotti, who played a key role in the decision to suppress the story, uh, which was made without the knowledge of evidently CEO Jack Dorsey at the time. Taibbi tweeted an email indicating that Twitter's trust and safety team initially explained to other employees that it made the decision to suppress the story. The company even went so far as to prevent it from being sent in private messages 
So they weren't even allowing people to share it with one another. Claiming that it violated Twitter's policy for sharing hacked materials. Now, of course, these materials were not hacked. Typically, that level of ruling at Twitter requires an official statement from law enforcement identifying the material as hacked, something that Twitter never received. Justifying the removal of these grounds prompted confusion within Twitter. Communications official Trenton Kennedy wrote a message to Twitter's former head of trust and safety, Yoel Roth, saying that he was, quote, struggling to understand the policy basis for marking this as unsafe and noting that Twitter would face a hard question on this if they failed to provide a reasonable explanation, according to Taibbi. Roth reiterated that, quote, the policy basis is hacked material, and while he stressed the situation was developing, given the severe risks here and the lesson of 2016, we're erring on the side of including a warning and perverting this content from being amplified. So in other words, what you had internally at Twitter was confusion because the rationale that they were using that this was violating their policy of hacked material was not in play. There was no claim other than from Democrats that this was something that was fake or misinformation. And in, in in reality, you look at the presentation from the Biden campaign, and that even conflict with Twitter. Because Twitter was claiming, oh, this is information that was hacked, while you had the Biden campaign saying, no, it's Russian misinformation with the help of former CIA agents. Ultimately, it was all hands on deck in order to attempt to alter the outcome of the election in favor of Joe Biden by preventing people from knowing what had been going on when it came to the Biden family. One of the characteristics that many of Trump's critics and some supporters oftentimes lay upon Trump is the fact that he can take a scandal and somehow make it about him and not in a positive way. And this arguably is one of those instances. Because of comments that he made on Truth Social, he has allowed the media to, instead of focus on this further proof of a conspiracy between the government and social media, specifically Twitter, to get Biden elected, It is about Trump claiming he wants to destroy the Constitution, which is not what he said or not what he truthed out. Though what he did put out there definitely requires, I believe, a conversation and and further explanation from Trump. So we'll get into that coming up here. The American Transmissions Talk at Text Line 447-KSGF. I'm Nick Reed. You're listening to Nick Reed in the Morning on Springfield's Talk 1041. In the context of the uh, revelations from Elon Musk and the rigging of the election with Twitter and folks in the Biden campaign, Trump made the following statement on his Truth Social quote. So with the revelations of massive and widespread fraud and deception in working closely with big tech companies, the DNC and the Democrat Party, do you throw the presidential election results of 2020 out and declare the rightful winner, or do you have a new election? A massive fraud of this type and magnitude allows for the termination of all rules, regulations, and articles, even those found in the Constitution. Our great founder 
did not want and would not condone false and fraudulent elections. I, I, I don't know. I'm sure there's going to be a segment of the population that tries to interpret this in a manner that is defensive for Trump. Obviously, you're going to have, uh, and we've already seen it, the usage of this by the left to portray themselves hilariously as if they are these pro-constitutional individuals and that Trump is called, and they're saying this, for the complete destruction of the Constitution, which is not what he said. I, I believe that this is going to further erode some support amongst his base because while Trump supporters recognize, no matter what he says, they're going to attack him, no matter what. I mean, no matter whom the Republican nominee is going to be, they're going to attack. So you can't remove that component. But there are certain attacks that a supporter of a candidate can point to as being a ludicrous attack taken out of context. But some of these things become very difficult, I believe, especially for those who really do love the Constitution, to defend. Now, I like to play devil's advocate. I, I like to you know think, all right, well, could it mean this? Could it mean that? Could it mean these things? Could it mean those things? I do believe that this requires some sort of clarification, though I don't know that Trump will give it because I don't know that he feels that he needs to. So what could he possibly mean? Well, look at at devil's advocate on both sides of this. In just a couple of moments, we're going to get a traffic update. First, I'm Nick Reed. You're listening to Nick Reed in the Morning on Springfield's Talk 1041. First alert forecast sponsored by Navant. Employee benefits that work. Cloudy, patchy fog this morning, a high today of 54. Slight chance of rain tonight down to 47. Slight chance tomorrow morning, 58 for the high, and a 50% chance of rain on Wednesday with a high of 56. Sarah, my. This sounds very boy bandish. That's what I was thinking, boys yeah. to men or something. Let's see. Mm. Come on, kick it in. Oh, nope. Whoa. Is that um, Gloria Estefan? I have no idea. I don't think I've ever heard this song before. Sounds like Gloria Estefan. Yeah, I've never heard this. Okay. Well, let's pyramid roofing. Do away with her. Yeah. No more of that. Let's talk about pyramid. Do it. <laughs> That's right. Well, you know, we do have a lot of rain in our forecast. And if you're in that situation where you're kind of nervous every time it rains or we have some severe weather, whether it comes uh, snow, ice, wind, I highly recommend my friends over at the Pyramid Roofing Company. Now, they can come out, give you a free estimate, get on top of your roof, and take tons of photos and video and see exactly what is going on on the top of your roof. And then they can get you on their schedule. Now, you may not find yourself needing a whole new roof. Maybe you need just a roof repair. Either way, the Pyramid Roofing Company, they are awesome to work with. They can get you on your schedule quickly, and uh, they can get you taken care of before all of that rain hits. Now, if you do find yourself needing a whole new roof or a roof repair, highly recommend giving Pyramid Roofing Company a call today. You can find all of their contact information housed at ksgf.com under the Sarah's Endorsements tab. All right, so here is the the message that Trump had tweeted out in regards to 
the the revelations by Elon Musk of collusion between the powers that be the deep state and social media in order to suppress information so that Biden would more likely win the election, which, of course, he would. And Trump said, quote, so with the revelation of massive and widespread fraud and deception and working closely with big tech companies, the DNC and the Democrat Party, do you throw the presidential election results of 2020 out and declare the rightful winner, or do you have a new election? A massive fraud of this type and magnitude allowed for the termination of all rules, regulations, and article, even those found in the Constitution our great founder did not want and would not condone false and fraudulent elections. All right, so what what Trump did not do here is what all the headlines say and call for suspending the Constitution. Suspending the Constitution would mean no freedom of speech. It would mean no, uh, you know, Second Amendment, no uh, uh, right to not self-incriminate. It would mean states' rights are gone. It would mean, frankly, a lot of things that Democrats are constantly pushing for. But Trump did not call for the suspension of the Constitution. What he did suggest is that massive fraud of this type and magnitude allows for the termination of all rules, regulations, and articles, even those found in the Constitution. Now, I, I, I think this is where adults in the room have a conversation. Where does it allow that? What, what is this based on? The claim that massive fraud of this type of magnitude allows for the termination of all rules, regulations, and articles regarding, he's talking about elections, even those found in the Constitution, give me some evidence of that. Now, I don't know that there's really any that exists, particularly at this point in the game. Before certification, you can, you know, obviously you have the legal ability to make court challenges and so forth. We see those all the time on a number of different levels. Uh, the, the, the most profound in the context of presidential elections, of course, being the uh, challenge that Democrats posed to the Bush win in 2000. But even that isn't calling for the termination of rules, regulations, and articles, even those in the Constitution. I am not a constitutional scholar specifically in this particular context, but I do not believe that this is an accurate statement. I also would note he, he doesn't provide uh, any any sort of evidence for this. He's not citing even the fa- he cites the founders would support his position, or at least uh, they claiming they did not want and would not condone false and fraudulent elections. Uh, is is he talking about any particular writings, any letters? You know, you you've got to when you make a claim like this, you got to give some evidence, and I suspect that there probably isn't any in his mind. Uh, one could, you know, at best argue that he, he's being somewhat rhetorical here if you are trying to defend him, that he's he's being rhetorical and he's like, well, do we throw this thing out? What do we do? I, I, most people, and you're always going to have a few otherwise, but the vast majority of people, I'd say, no, let's say this. If you take the people 
who do believe, based off of what we saw in a number of states, and based off the collusion of the deep state and social media in order to hand a win, or at least give an assist to the Biden campaign, that that because of that, Biden fraudulently won. If you were to ask those individuals within that category, do you believe that the election should be undone? Do you think that there should be a new election, some sort of special? I I believe the vast majority of those who even believe that the election was quote-unquote stolen would say no. Just even the logistics of it. I mean, at this point, you think about it, just logistically speaking. How long would that take? Let's say that it was decided. It's just such an unreasonable thought that somehow it was decided and agreed upon that there would be an election to, to, to logistically carry that out, particularly given that we're talking about government here. We'd be to the next presidential election anyhow. By time you would be able to have a redo. And and it's the recognition of that that I believe it's not a defense of Trump, but he doesn't truly, genuinely say that we should redo the election. I don't believe that he genuinely thinks that we should terminate all the rules and regulations. I think what Trump is doing here, and again, it's not a defense. It's a it's, it is a defense against the accusation that he wants to suspend the Constitution because that's not what he's saying. But I think what, he, what he's doing here is what he tends to do, and he overstates things in order to drive home the point. And he is in recognition of these communications, these files that have been released, trying to demonstrate how outrageous it is by saying even the founders, this is so completely outrageous. That that the Constitution itself, at least the components to it regarding elections, would be suspended if the founders you know, had their say in it because they wouldn't want this to happen. It's bombastic, and it's not unlike Trump to do that. The problem is the atmosphere in which we're in today, combined with the fact that The people in this country that are most adherent to this Constitution, the ones that are most likely to say, I I, I don't even rhetorically say things like that, are people that are in Trump's camp. And I don't know if he calculates that they will choose him over that, if they'll dismiss it. But I, I think it's a miscalculation because as we have a long ways to go and there are potential candidates out there that would also satisfy the Trump supporters needs, namely DeSantis. This is a very, I I don't think it's a very wise direction for Trump to go. At at some point, you know, people will fight for you. And no matter what Trump does or says, he is going to be attacked. But when you start, even if it's rhetorical, saying that that this allows for the termination of rules, regulations, and articles, even those in the Constitution, you're just going to lose a lot of people. Trump has had the ability, above and beyond anyone else who has run for president in our lifetimes, 
to read the people and to pivot when necessary. He understood that the average person uh, had a number of, of different real grievances against the way things were at the time. One, just feeling like the you know politicians on both sides weren't listening, uh, illegal immigration, the media being one-sided, and he recognized those things, and so he made himself a representation of the people in America who were sick and tired of all that stuff. Now, the media erroneously presented people being upset because he was out there talking about them. Oh, people are turning racist because he's talking about a wall. Uh, People are turning against the media because Trump is saying fake news. Trump read the room of America. And to watch him do things like this, to me, seems like he's misreading the room. Uh, He's the guy who's been much more successful than me, so I could be wrong and he could be right. Even from a morale standpoint, this is a, I think for a lot of Trump supporters, kind of a gut punch that they feel as if now they have to defend Trump when it comes to him putting out there that there are certain parts of the Constitution that even the founders would uh, dismiss or uh, terminate because of cheating in an election. And that that's a very, very difficult thing for a lot of people. Uh, I've noticed this trend, and it's been pretty clear over the past several months, particularly, well, I'd say it really kicked in after the midterm elections. And that is a lot of sites that are considered more conservative, that would be considered pro-Trump sites, it is very, very clear that they are not taking a proactive support Trump in our coverage approach. Be it Daily Wire, be it Daily Mail, be it uh, uh, Breitbart, a number of sites that have been considered anywhere from sympathetic to full-blown supportive of Trump, it, it is it is becoming very clear in their writings and the coverage and the way that they present things that they are are not in that same position they were just a few months ago. And what that spells for Trump, I, I don't know. I'm not sure if Trump believes that it doesn't matter. He, he won without mainstream media support, and he'll win without alternative, more right-leaning media support as well. But we've got a long time to, I suppose, watch all that play out. Springfield's Talk 1041. I'm Nick Reed. You're listening to Nick Reed in the morning on Springfield's Talk 1041. Have yourself a merry little Christmas. We were talking about the bumper music earlier, and we did not recognize the artist. Someone oh, yeah. said, I think the song uh, that we were talking about is by Avalon. Saying you got to take a listen, great message. I'm not familiar with Avalon. I'm not sure if that's a female artist or a group. I don't know. We'll have to uh, listen to it now. All right. So the American Transmissions Talking Text Line 447KSGF. Uh, we lambast the left for cherry picking. Should we not hold Republicans accountable as well? So we're talking about this deal with Trump and 
Elon Musk, his response to this, which Musk is, to me, his presentation on this is demonstrating that he's not doing any of this because he is a great supporter of Trump or or he loves Trump. In fact, I, I believe he said that he'd support DeSantis. I saw that when I was staying at... Uh, uh, well, I was at a hotel last weekend, and they had in between the elevators these monitors that were showing news items, and I, and I think I saw the tail end of one saying that Musk said he would support DeSantis if he runs. But that aside, he's not somebody that uh, is doing what he's doing because he supports Trump. In fact, Trump's statement, of course, is in reference to the information that we've learned or the proof uh, that has been provided about the rigging of the election by Elon Musk, and then Trump's response, and, and Elon Musk tweets out, the Constitution is greater than any president. End of story. You've got George Stephanopoulos, and this, of course, allowing all of the, the left to act as if they're just aghast that anyone would dare question any part of the Constitution or dare even suggest that perhaps some of it's not absolute. He had Republican Ohio Representative Dave Joyce on, noting you voted for him in 2016 and 2020. Now he's talking about suspending the Constitution, which again, he did not say. He did not say suspend the Constitution. He asked, can you support a candidate in 2024 who's for suspending the Constitution? The White House, <laughs> the, the White House just, where did I got that? I had to misplace that story. A White House responds to Trump uh, demanding to terminate parts of the Constitution. Uh, Twitter files, really, again, he did not demand to terminate. I What Trump said is controversial enough. Why do they have to change what he said? I mean, I know why. It's because they're emotional infants. They're toddlers. And they just feel like you're not going to be mad enough at what he said. So they have to claim that he said it to destroy the Constitution or he demanded you terminate part. He didn't demand that. He noted, in his opinion, though I think he's wrong, that that, that the, the Constitution or that, that, you know, this is something that would be allowed when it comes to a fraudulent election, that you know, the, 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 the laws in place regarding elections and so forth, that we could undo them, toss them out, and have a new election. That is not demanding you terminate parts of the Constitution. But that aside, here's what the Biden White House said. The American Constitution is sacrosanct. It's a document that for over 200 years has guaranteed that freedom and the rule of law prevail in our great country. That's funny because I could have sworn Democrats claim that the Constitution was only written for white people and was developed so that white people could own slaves. Yet here, the White House is claiming that this is a sacrosanct document that for over 200 years has guaranteed freedom to everyone. The Constitution brings the American people together regardless of party, and elected leaders swear to uphold it. This, according to White House Press Secretary Andrew Bates, quoted the ultimate monument to all 
the Americans who have given their lives to defeat self-serving despots that abused their power and trampled our fundamental rights attacking the Constitution and all it stands for is blah, 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 blah. It just goes on and on. It's an anathema to the soul of our nation. (laughs) You almost wonder if they laugh as they write this stuff should be universally condemned. You cannot only love America when you win. Didn't they put some sort of trigger warning on the Constitution, the left? I I know there was discussion about it. You could see a copy of the Constitution in the U.S. Capitol, and, and there was talk about a trigger warning because of the connection to slavery and the fact that it did not represent all people, but it was written in order for white people to own black people. Where is this vision of, of the, the Constitution being a sacrosanct document when they're talking about repealing the Second Amendment? When they're claiming, well, free speech, I mean, that's not absolute. It doesn't cover hate speech. It doesn't cover speech we don't like. Unreasonable search and seizure, the right to assemble. When they're throwing people in prison for praying outside of abortion clinics. Uh, These people have absolutely no love for the Constitution. They can't stand it. And the this is this is should be the Republican answer. Instead, the Democrats have Republicans just acting like the little marionette lapdogs that they tend to. They get scared and they're like, "Oh my God, how do we answer this?" Oh, they're going to force me to try to defend Trump, and so then they, "Oh no, you know." How about point out? I, I I mean, it's just like, are you seriously? Are you seriously going to act? appalled at an elected official calling into question portions of the Constitution given your political party's just desire to constantly pick parts of it off and in the in in of course the context of the election itself they want to totally deny The portions of the Constitution that talk about how the states individually make decisions how the elections will run and the state legislatures are in charge. Totally defy and ignore that. Of all the people in the room, to point fingers at someone else as potentially dangerous or someone you should not support because they don't adhere to the constitutional 100% for Democrats, for George Stephanopoulos, for any of these individuals, it's laughable. And that should be the response from Republicans. You're listening to Nick Reed in the Morning on Springfield's Talk 1041. Meanwhile, you got... Hakeem Jeffries, Democrat New York, recently appointed leader of House Democrats, who is one of the most uh, adamant and, and vocal election deniers, was asked, Stephanopoulos had to ask him about this in the interview, 
he asked, well, you know, you kind of have in the past. You've denied these elections. What do you say? See, they, they don't ever press them on. You're an election denier, too. It's, well, you said these things, and Republicans are attacking you for it. So what do you say to them? His response was, here's the Republican playbook. Facts don't matter. Hypocrisy is not a constraint to their behavior. In many cases, they believe shamelessness is a superpower. Noting that Democrats are going to focus on solving problems for the American people. So in other words, it's shameless to point out Democrats who are election deniers. And they always have this go-to. They're like, well, I went to the inauguration. Or, well, I acknowledge he's actually president. So that means all of the denials that the election was legitimate are okay. If, of course, you're a Democrat. That's the key component. News in 60 seconds. Have a